right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Two Gargoyles podcast. Now with twice as much iron as your normal brand of liver. Uh, joining me today, I have Mike Rieger. Hello. And I have Kyle Burles, who is waving quietly. <laughs> and uh, our very, very first guest star today, special guest star all the way from California, Jeremy Few. Hi, Jeremy. What's up? What's up? Um, <laughs> Jeremy, you're new to the podcast, so why don't you tell people just a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Um, pretty much just draw superhero stuff, you know, um, standard comic book fair. <laughs> standard <laughs> comic book fair. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite comic, Jeremy? Um, gosh, I don't really have any favorites anymore. For recent stuff, um, I read Saga. That was fun. Um I read this comic called Upwards. That was nice. Um, the art was nice, you know. Kind of. Uh, I happen to know this about Jeremy. You guys, you have a strong affinity for the 1990s X Men. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I read that every day, but that's not like new stuff that people uh, agree. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's interesting. It's like a portrait of you to know that you are a devoted X Men fan. Who's your favorite X Men? Um, probably Rogue, because she can do anything. Yeah, that's good. Also, I like that. you. Just cool. Boop. Just gotcha. boop. <laughs> um, okay, quick, quick survey. Mike, who's your favorite X-Man? Um, Magneto. Magneto, very good. Mike does like the villains. Why is that, Mike? I don't know. I just thought of it just now because I hadn't ever thought about that before. Oh. <laughs> Kyle, who's your favorite X-Man? Uh, I hate to be a copycat, but I have to actually say Rogue. But back when she was like the short Bob and the Orange Poncho, when she was still the villain. Yes, yes. I did like that. I miss Orange Poncho Rogue. <laughs> I miss Gates too, Kyle. <laughs> uh, my favorite is Storm. Because uh, she has white hair and she can control the weather and fly, and she's kind of badass. I uh, love everything about it. All righty. So, the news uh, we're going to try and ha, I say try, uh, follow a format here on uh, on the Two Guard podcast. This just in, coming to you live from downtown Burbank. Uh, well, in this case, beautiful upscale Airdrie, Alberta. Um, Jeremy's kind of close to Burbank. It's that's around the corner. <laughs> Two hours. Around the corner from beautiful downtown Burbank, we've got Jeremy Thew almost live. Um, big, big news happened in Two Gargs uh, in the past couple of weeks. Um, I was invited to join the Canadian Comic Book Alliance, the CCBA. Um, their website is theccba.com. Um, and it's, uh, as the title suggests, an alliance of in independent Canadian comic book people, writers, artists. Um, and it's growing by leaps and bounds. And uh, they have a strong uh, media presence. They have a strong convention presence. So being asked to be part of them is kind of a big, big deal. And uh, I'm just like super, super jazzed to be part of it. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, you were going to say something? I was going to say you should put the, logo, the website oh. down there. If only I were smart enough to do that, uh, I will just type it in. Boop, there we go. Voila. 
you know, check them out. Um, there's a lot of great creators on there. Um, and now Two Gargoyles is one of them, so that's cool. Also, uh, big news, uh, finished uh, Punch, the Magical Mr. Punch number one, the, is the first issue. Um, the art is complete. We're just waiting on the coloring, uh, and then it will be ready to kickstart, which is nice. Um, also, Twilight Detective Agency number two just wrapped this week. Um, so look forward to that Kickstarter as well. Um, also, I finished the script to Magical Mr. Punch number two because I was too impatient waiting for the first one to be done. So I had to write the second one. Yeah. Mike, you're very, very close to the end of uh, Twilight Detective Agency Girls Out number two. Isn't that so? I am. I am working on page 27 of 28 right now. And um, at that point, I'm just waiting for the cover art colorist to finish her color, cover art coloring, and uh, then it goes into the printing stage. Love I, it. You should get a proof copy that I obsess over for a while, and then I throw it up on the sites. Nice. Nice. So we will be advertising the crap out of that uh, once that comes out. And Mike, you're not doing a Kickstarter for that issue. Is that correct? No, no, no. Because I get to write and draw and letter and put together my book's by myself it's super cheap and i don't need people to contribute understood. understood i do pay my cover artists but that's just out of my own pocket yeah so uh it might be maybe too much effort to uh do crowdfunding for something you've basically dealt with yourself which, uh, yeah totally i thought about it um i put the pages up on patreon as i well a few weeks after i do them but i didn't think that crowdfunding beyond that was really necessary so so i don't Oh. But uh, big kudos to you. Uh, doing an entire comic by yourself has uh, got to be very liberating, but also a, a bit of work, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, it is a bit of work. Fortunately, I have nothing but free time nowadays, so it's going a lot <laughs> faster than I'd planned. But uh, yeah. Very similar story for all of us. Kyle, uh, do you have any news? What's going on with uh, kylehazard.com right now? Nothing I can really share yet. Okay, so dun dun dun. <laughs> so that means there's stuff going on. There uh, is. Just can't really talk about it right now. Well, Gloaming is for, issue four is still in production. Yes. What page are we on now? Gloaming number four. Twelve. Tweet. Twelve or thirteen out of out of twenty. So yeah. we're over actually... over the hump. Yeah, oh. Is there humping and gloaming? Yes, page 12. Okay, I'm, good. I'm inking page 12. <laughs> Is that why it's taking so long? I will because look forward to that. I love that Kyle has no idea what he was saying yes to. It's just like, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> no, no, I knew. I have no Great. shame. Uh, no. Jeremy, what are, what's your project right now? What are you working on? Um, uh, Working on uh, Diaper Man Meets Milk. Oh, tell us about that. Um, so, you know, you, you made Diaper Man, what, in, like, the mid-90s? Um, this About the same time when I made made up this uh, character, Milk. Um, so it just makes sense for them to go together. Because they're, they're both kind of zany, kind of just weird off the, off the beaten path, kind of, you know, not your typical superhero fare. You could say silly. It, it's acceptable. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's not supposed to be just like super like adult, you know. It's funny, but it's not meant for you know. 
mature audiences in that respect. It's not interesting. Like, it's not like you know nudity or whatever. Maybe it's maybe a swear word once. Oldity. Oldity. Well, you know what? That I'm going to use that as a segue uh, into this week's topic, um, and our topic is comics ratings. Uh, and I don't mean you know like very good mint or near mint. I don't mean that kind of rating. I mean the kind where it's like. Is this comic PG? Is it rated R? Is it for all ages? So I did a little bit of digging. Yeah. And uh, there is no one rating system for comics. Basically, each company that does do ratings has their own ratings. So I'm just going to call up uh, the ratings that I've got uh, for Marvel, um, just as the first company that came up. So here we go. There's that. So we've got all ages, A, which is appropriate for ages nine and up, T, teens and up, parental advisory is for 15 years and older, uh, and then max, which is explicit content, so 18 years and older. Mm -hmm. um, all the ratings that I have found are uh, just a variation on this theme. So basically there's for everybody, uh, for everybody who's just a little bit older, and then teens, uh, Teens with warning and adults. That's pretty much how it all goes. So we'll just boop, boop, stop doing that. So let's have some opinions here. Oh, the road <laughs> authority. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, Kyle, you are a seduction of the innocent. So let's begin with you. Uh, your okay. opinion on seduction of the innocent? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, your yeah, your opinion on ratings. I think it's a good idea, ish. Mostly because you know, you should know what you're getting before you get the book. I don't necessarily, you know, it allows parents or you know, older guardian to you know, help you know decide what their kids should or shouldn't see. That is the parents' right. So, I don't believe anything should be banned or censored. I think we should all be all allowed to go. I am a I am a fan of the, the of the ratings system. All right. Well, your comic Gloaming is a horror comic. About what age right. would you say it would be appropriate for kids? Ah, uh, teens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the reason for that is like, uh, mature subject matter. All right. But not so mature that. I uh, can't handle it if I'm under 18. Ah, no. running away, screaming. Okay. No, it's just there's a lot of background pictures of Victor Mature in it. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, kids who have to Google that, uh, we'll give you a couple a minutes. A lot of adults kids. will have to Google that. I'm Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Mike, your thoughts on the whole rating system? Well, I uh, actually put one into place for your table because my comic it's not um, unusually violent but there are sexual themes in it and I didn't really want a, a four year old or a six year old to be picking it up without giving the parents a little warning that says hey you're going to see a bum and so yeah on I can see you're holding up uh, the table stands yeah, that I put together to go behind your comics to give parents the heads up that hey this one it's got a boob, and yeah. uh, you should know that. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, how about you? 
Hmm. Like, would you ever slap a rating on any of your work, Jeremy? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a gray area for me because most of my most uh, like kind of messed up, crazy, like um, more adult subject matter cartoons, basically characters I've made up when I was like 15. So I'm like, maybe teen and up. Maybe I wouldn't imagine like, you know, anybody preteen should be reading anything that I produce. But that's the interesting thing, right? You can create something when you're 15 and it's so inappropriate. They would label it as adult, even though it was yeah. created by a 15 year old. Basically characters yeah. I made up when I was like 15. So I'm like, maybe teen and up. Maybe I wouldn't imagine like, you know, anybody preteen should be reading anything that I. What was the name of the superhero team you invented in junior high? Uh, the bitch and bitches. The bitch and bitches. That's see, I love that. It's a great title, but right away, right away. If you I'm, saw that on somebody's table, you'd be like, ah, uh, what rating I'm is this? Steal that from my book. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the bitch and bitches. That'd be good. Uh, taken. It was so just, just, it was sorry, just a bunch of superheroes that just didn't have good superpowers. They were just kind of crap, but they would always fight with each other. <laughs> so it's a Hence the bitching, I guess. Yeah, the bitching. <laughs> yeah. So back to these, um, just quickly. Mike made these uh, for my convention table. They're inserts that go behind the comics on the table, and they have the, eh, the title and a brief tagline and then a synopsis. And then right here, like the big, big rating which Mike took from uh, video game ratings, actually, just to let people know the basic rating of the, of the comics. And one of the reasons why I like ratings on comics is for the ease of sale. I like when it's not a part of the conversation that you have to have. You don't have to tell them, well, it's okay for, you know, little Johnny and, uh, you know, little Sue, but it's not okay for their younger sister or whatever. Um, you have to you know, it's a lot of work you have to do to sell. And if you've got a rating on it, it just eases the conversation between making that decision uh, to buy for the customer, in my opinion. Um, I don't think it should be mandatory. Um, I think if you choose to do it, great. Uh, if not, you should not have to do it because I'm really big on the idea of personal responsibility. If your child is reading something you don't want them to read, it's up to you to talk about that with your child, not about with the comic store. Uh, and of course, in the 80s, we had a huge big blow up uh, about that, actually. It's why we've got the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund um, and things like that, you know, to prevent people from being overly litigious because their child read something they thought was inappropriate. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't think it should be mandatory either, but I do think it should be standardized. The reason I use oh, the video yeah. game one for your backers is because comics don't have one that will be easily understandable for people. Like no. if we put an A on it for the, the when you show up first, people aren't going to understand what that means. And so I use the video game letters and logos so that uh, parents would go, oh yeah, I know what that means when it's on Call of Duty, so I know <laughs> what it means when it's on this comic book. Exactly. Exactly. Because there is no standardized uh, anything, no. as you said. Uh, like the one I called up was the Marvel one, but DC has another one. Um, you know, Image has one. Like they're, they're, and they're similar but different. There is no one regulatory body. I'm just going to show some examples of comics here. 
Indie comics first, as always. This is Aurora Man, done by Jeff Burton uh, out of Humboldt, Saskatchewan. Um, and it's a great Canadian comic, but nowhere on it is there a rating, right? Um, I mean, the, the comic, comic like uh, it's very family friendly. Uh, Aurora yeah. Man is basically a, a teacher um, and he has a public identity. So there's kids in the comic, you know, it's very community minded. Um, and so, you know, like there's nothing really too explicit. Everyone is happy, friendly. There's kids. Probably doesn't need one then. Well, exactly, right? Um, meanwhile, here in DC, DC's Legion of Superheroes, um, again, no rating. Uh, couldn't find one, looked through the whole book. Um, and it's, I mean, I would call this a teen book because there are, you know, there's political intrigue in it and there's uh, um, other things going on. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. Well, I mean, Legion of Superheroes is always like really filthy. So, I mean, everyone knows that. <laughs> and then I decided to go with a horror comic uh, called Coffin Bound. Um, and so if you like Lucifer, <laughs> this one's a lot weirder. That's the tagline up the front here. The rating is way on the back here. Uh, right here, it's rated mature. And it's yeah. a horror comic. Yeah, I know. Jeremy's like, no I can't see I was going to see that. My monocle out. There we go. Rated M for mature. Yeah, and so out of all the comics, this is the only one uh, that uh, had a rating on it. And I guess because it's the spooky one? Won't or someone think of the children? I know, won't someone? Oh, we have a question. Do you guys consider ratings to be censorship, or do you consider them simply guidelines assigned by someone somewhere whose morals and standards speak for the majority? Bing. Mm, loaded. <laughs> I don't think anyone's suggesting that comics of a, a more adult bent should be censored. Like, uh, obviously, we uh, approve of them and want to keep making them. But I don't want to just throw it in parents' faces when they're at a convention, not uh, suspecting anything. And then Timmy picks up, for example, my book. <laughs> I would right. like the parents to have that little warning. Yes. Um, should they be assigned by a regulatory agency? Uh, I don't think I like that idea. I'd rather the artists pick the assignation that they think is. Well, that's what the Comics Code Authority was. Um, yeah, like way back in the 50s and 60s, and it's gone now, right? I'm, I'm yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've, we've outgrown it. Um, and I think that that's important to realize that, yeah, this is not something we need. It's something that's convenient, but we don't need to be regulated. Uh, this is art. Uh, please don't try to regulate art. That's, that's my thought on it. Um, oh, and uh, our questioner, Sherry. Parents have every right to decide what their children see, but it's up to them to know what their children are reading, watching, or playing. The onus is not on the creators to decide what is or is not appropriate for every kid on the planet. At least in my house, my mother knew what we were doing and allowed or banished items to her standards, which is perfectly fair, right? Yeah. I mean, you're the parent, that's your child. Like you are the one creating the rules for their universe, right? I'm just saying don't, yell, yeah, don't yell at a comic creator if uh, little Timmy comes home with a comic you don't approve of, like that's a conversation between you and Timmy. <laughs> Poor Timmy. He's going to get Timmy. It. He's oh, so many. Your beans. father gets home, Timmy. Oh, oh just you wait. We're going to get another Timmy. <laughs> I don't care if Timmy fell down the well. It's just ridiculous. 
All right, so let's go to our guest star. Hello, Mr. Jet Comics. Hello, Jeremy Thieu. Uh What is Jet Comics? Um, anything that I produce, basically. It's just my initials with comics afterwards. <laughs> I just slap cool. that on everything, so, yeah. But I think that's awesome, though. So if you just Google Jet Comics, I'm sure you'll find all sorts of weird stuff, maybe stuff you don't even want to see. But it's not <laughs> online. Google's not rated, so... Oh, there you go. Um, so you were talking about Milk earlier and how she's different. She's zany. She is not your usual superhero fare. Tell us about Milk. Who is she? Uh, well, like, I was kind of writing her to be like like the tick with tits. You know? The tick with tits. With I tits. love that so much. Yeah. Oh, where has that tagline been all this time? I know. Right? Come on now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I basically just drew her because I was bored Child. right after <laughs> it was, uh, like the day or two after Christmas, it was 1995. I was 14 years old. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to be like, I just wanted to draw something that I wasn't used to seeing. Um, there was a bunch of teenagers around, you know, we were just talking like teenage boys do about boobs and things. And I'm like, well, let's let's make them useful and make them like a superpower. Why not? You know, but what could what could boobs do? Oh, I guess, I guess they can lactate. And so <laughs> so all of her powers are based around that. Um, so she lactates on people. Yeah. Yeah. With a force of a fire hydrant, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? Nothing fills me with the Christmas spirit like talking about boobs <laughs> and their superpowers. Uh -huh. That was a great Christmas story. I think you should make a cartoon out of it for Christmas. It's like eggnog kind of stuff, you know, like like it's gross and kind of for adults, but kids want it for some reason. They want to just try it. Sure. Sure. You and I have yeah. very different experiences over eggnog. <laughs> Speaking of going down the well. Oh, Timmy. Oh, Timmy. <laughs> so, uh, you are, and she has not had like a debut comic. Like she's not appeared in anything published yet, has she? No, not really. Um, uh, <laughs> I've drawn a couple of almost comics, but I can't really wrap my mind around like a full complete story. It just kind of like meanders off into no man's land. And uh, yeah, I kind of have ADD with my comics. like. Where, where's it going to go? Oh, I don't know. Maybe she'll do this. Blah. So I'm not really very good at plotting out something. Like, I'll draw pages and pages and pages of action, but where is it going? Who knows? And this is, like, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting a partner, you know, like uh, working on um, a, a book together, you know, that kind of thing. Almost as if you knew a writer and, and asked the writer to help you create a milk comic. I don't okay, know I'll do it, but only because you asked so nicely. <laughs> only if you include Diaper Man. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, which brings us to, yes, uh, my subtle, oh, so subtle hint. Uh, Jeremy and I are, in fact, working on Milk's debut comic together. Diaper Man meets Milk, because we thought we would do, just combine our zany characters into one big crossover event. And if people like it, uh, we will continue doing more. So that's in the works right now. We've got... 25 pages of script so far. I'm anticipating possibly a 36-page comic. 
Oof. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's one of those crossover event things. You know, like they used to do mm. annuals where like all the X-Men would get together for a barbecue and then Galactus would invade or something like that. And so it's usually a double-sized issue, like 40 pages or 44 pages or whatever. Um, yes, your giant-sized man thing. Yeah. Yeah, so we're doing a yeah. giant-sized yeah. woman thing. <laughs> Incredibly giant-sized. Um, and uh, the funny thing is, working on it, uh, like Jeremy was saying, he often has ideas, but they don't go to a logical conclusion. So right. I'm asking him backstory about his characters. Like, what's this character's motivation? What's this? like? I don't know. She, she throws knives. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeremy. Why is there a character just named Tina? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a drug reference, you know, because that's what I was. Doing. Oh, it's a, yeah. okay. Yeah. Michael Tobin's a character's named Tina. I don't yeah. like. Is there psychic Joyce? I, I explain this to me. She doesn't get a superhero name because she's just she's the everything uh, character that I use for everything. Like if there's a random cop in the background, it's her. If there's a random nurse featured in the panel, just make it Tina. Why not? She she's the night nurse of your universe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she can throw knives because that's you know the only backstory I ever made for her was she was um a daughter of a ringleader for a circus. Or whatever, so <laughs> so she learned learned knife throwing just as a technique, um, so she could be useful because you know you got to be useful if yes, you're in the circuit. Just a little girl with black hair. So what's she gonna and, do? Just throw knives. And enter the writer who's like, ah, uh, I will I will make something out of this somehow. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's a darker than that, but I don't want to go into yeah. all. Of it. Yeah. yeah, don't don't give it away. Don't give it away. <laughs> Don't divulge the secrets of Tina. Mm -hmm. Right. What's your, uh, like, when you are just drawing for yourself, what's your favorite thing to draw? Like, do you have a theme that you follow? Like, Kyle, for example, is very good at 70s mashups, like television <laughs> references. Like, the humor is very much a part of Kyle's deal. Um, so what about your deal? What would you say it is? Uh, my go-to just stress relief drawing is... Um... I'll either draw like Sailor Moon or some random X-Men doing whatever. <laughs> but that's not for like production stuff. It's just, just to get something off my chest or just to do something besides work-related art. Well, we talked about you being an X-Men fan, so you're obviously a Sailor Moon fan as well. Yeah. Would you say there's... there's a over there. Oh, there she is. Hello. Where? Lovely poster. Would you say there's uh, an anime influence to your work? A little bit. I mean, um, I would laugh. I said I didn't learn something from watching hundreds of animes and drawing the characters from them. Um, I just kind of used. I try and do as clean of a line as possible when I when I draw stuff. It's kind of anime-ish, but I like the more kind of gritty animes, like the early '90s and more experimentally kind of anime, where it looks like they took a lot more effort than like the Digimon-looking new stuff that that's out. Uh, where it's all like washed out and just like here's a line, that's a face. Sorry, Digimon fans, your fandom is bad and you are mad. Just, yes. just so you know. Yes. Oh, I we, like gotta... <laughs> we have a question from Sherry. Assuming you've all done conventions in both countries, do you find customers more concerned about ratings in Canada or the U.S.? 
U.S. Yeah, I don't you've have had a kind of. Why the U.S., Kyle? Um, I don't want to alienate American viewers. Say <laughs> more. How many do you think you have? Yeah, they know what they did. Just to a much more, you know, adult theme. Do I want to use the word repressed? Kind of a little, but yeah. you know, American morals are a little more hardcore. Would be the word. I think. In we general, got, we got more stick up the ass people down here who have like a set idea in their mind of what should be appropriate for whoever whether whether it's whether they have kids or not they think like oh that's not appropriate for my kids i'm like you don't even have kids you're just a random teenage girl like shut up <laughs> it doesn't just hold the human spirit <sighs> i want to point out from winnipeg jeremy's american just so you know please yeah. please don't at us <laughs> um i have found that uh jeremy would you please show the t-shirt that you're wearing so that everybody can see it says inappropriate www.twogargs.com. I made these shirts because that was the number one feedback I got from passersby going by my table at a Canadian convention, specifically the Calgary Expo. Um, I had art out on the table that was, you know, like Harley Quinn looking sassy, uh, nothing too over the top, but people like little five-year-olds would run up and go, look, that's Harley Quinn. So they knew who the character was, which I find a little inappropriate, but anyway, but then the mother would be like, no, no, that's inappropriate. And it happened like five times in one show. So mm -hmm. I decided that's the, the summary, that's the takeaway from all Two Gargs comics is that they must be inappropriate. Um, nobody, nobody came and complained to me about it, so I didn't have to you know, deal with that. But I could certainly hear the feedback. It was very loud and uh, obviously meant for me to be heard. Mike, has anyone ever uh, mentioned your work in a, in a, a, what do you call a ratings way? Well, my table has never had comics on it, so it hasn't really come up for me. No. Either way. No one's just complained about your art randomly or praised your art for strange reasons or? Not so far. I mean, someday my prints will come, but uh, <laughs> I haven't got any great stories like the rest of you. Mm. Frankly, um, Kyle's story is still the best one that I can remember. The Winnipeg guy. Oh, yes. Good Lord. Tell that story, Kyle. Oh, as much as I can remember, it was a good, what, 10 years ago? 15 years ago, maybe? And a bunch of my prints were out, and I don't have anything that's really adult content in general. A lot of, you know, obscure references and stuff that kids don't get. But And a kid was looking through my book, and his dad, older brother, uncle, I don't know, was there and he basically turned around and was like none of this ennobles the human spirit and i went you're right it doesn't it's not wrong <laughs> is that the goal yeah, apparently but i was not willing to carry on the conversation or eat longer so yeah sometimes people will just uh, because you're behind the table People are like, oh, I can unload on you because you are in some way, shape, or form now uh, my listening post because you can't leave the table. So I'm going to tell you my opinions. 
on anything, not even necessarily related to what's on the table in front of me. I'm just going to tell you everything I feel and think. Um, and that's, that's kind of with part of par for the course uh, when you're running a table at a convention. Oh, there are stories, so many stories. <laughs> My favorite is when I leave the table to go to the bathroom and leave Jeremy alone. <laughs> My favorite too. It's his favorite thing. Jeremy loves it. He does not. It's when you leave. <laughs> I know, and and that that actually it drives me crazy. Sales yeah. always go up when I leave the table, so I'm like, yes, thank you so much. That's <laughs> totally what I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always true. Sometimes I'm just got my head in a book, and people just walk by, and I'm like, bye, whatever, bye. I'm yeah, that is what happens when he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much is this? I don't know. Bye. Go away. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so how would you guys rate your comics? Like Mike, TDA Go, I think you, you said uh, maybe for teens? I gave it an M for mature. M for mature, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sexual situations, language, violence. The violence, every, all comics have violence. I wasn't concerned about that. It's the sexual situations. Oh, okay. Now, okay. to be clear, I don't actually show penetration or anything. But uh, it is discussed. So it I is gave that an M. Jeremy, how do you rate milk? <laughs> um, she, uh, she's not super even, she's not super sexual. She just happens to have giant boobs that shoot milk. That's just her problem that she has to deal with. She doesn't think of it like, oh, I'm so hot. I'm going to run around showing my ass off. It's like, no. It just happens to be her ass is out because she's wearing a little leather thong thing. That's just her uniform. She can't help it. It's just how it is. Uh, <laughs> the girl can't help it. You're using yeah. the girl can't help it defense. Well, I mean, Emma Frost doesn't wear a lot of clothes. That's a teen book. Yeah. That's true. It's true. Um, because, I mean, we've spent years being programmed, uh, you know, where it's like, if a woman wears a thong bikini, it's like, oh, that's acceptable superhero wear, you know. But uh, give Lion-O a midriff shirt and people lose their minds. Like, ah, that's awakening the wrong sexual feelings. Oh, God, why? Yeah. Uh, don't get me started on He-Man. Furloing <laughs> off of abs for days. Oh, my Speaking God. Speaking of He-Man, think. Carry on. I want to get you started. <laughs> Oh, I see. And go. Well, He-Man and Thundercats were both actually uh, sort of mid-range cartoons from the 80s that had, uh, you know, they, they, they were cartoons, so everyone thought they were for children. However, flash forward to today, so many people, so many adults writing articles about their sexual awakening based, based on those two cartoons because the characters <laughs> were like... The, the males were all ripply muscles. The women were like very scantily clad, you know, and so um, people sexualized them even when they were teenagers, right? So it just goes to show you may rate your show as, you know, uh, for all ages, but that doesn't mean that it isn't going to get into people's minds in its own way, right? Uh, and likewise, the opposite is true. You could tell little seven-year-old Kyle, you shouldn't be reading horror comics. And little seven-year-old Kyle would be like, F you, I love horror comics. Um, so there we go. Ratings yeah, he are- he grew up fine, so, you know. Yeah, he's totally normal. Look at him. Good, no problem at all. <laughs> 
I'm seeing a basement surrounded by toys. <laughs> Alrighty. So closing comments, you guys. Anything you want to say? Plurm. Plurm. Yes, absolutely. P-L-U-R-M. When it's got to be real, it's got to be plurm. <laughs> Why aren't we doing oh, more? Oh, you mean a topic. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> dancing from topic to topic. What is the topic? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we here today? Ah. We're talking about ratings. And that was, of course, a very, very short topic because, uh, you know, it's, it's the ratings aren't the be all end all of comics. Um, they're a convenience. Uh, they're not mandated. And they are not, uh, uh, what's that word where it means everybody is the same? Standardized. standardized. Thank yeah. you. Like testing. That, that doesn't like go testing. well at schools. <laughs> so this has been the fourth episode of the Two Gargs Livestream Podcast. Your hosts have been me, Michael McAdam, and we've got Kyle Burles. And Kyle. Got, oh, of Kyle Hazard. Oh, I'm going to put, yep. put that up for you there. Boop, there you go. Ta-da! And then we've had Mike Rieger. Hello! <laughs> and his hand. And then the official Jeremy Few, straight from California. Um, if you want to help us succeed, here's what you can do. If you're watching this on Facebook, please give us some thumbs up. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe down below. And if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. Uh, I know this is only episode four, but we do want to still keep bringing you more content. So we'll cue our theme music now and say goodbye for another Saturday edition of the Two Gargoyles podcast. I unplugged it. So we're just going to go and hum it. Uh, okay, ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Thank you.